Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode, what is this, episode 47? 46. 46 of TLDR Podcast. Off to a good start. We are really close to the year mark. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't believe it. I think it was around this time that we even had the conversation about it. And then, you know, four sitting at a brewery, uh, <laughs> at a brewery, uh, what brewery and, we had brewery, 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 brewery X, um, mm. and you know, four or five weeks later, <laughs> you know, we started this thing. So, I mean, we're, we're really close. Um, but the the fun stuff, it, you know, the good the good news is we're actually getting close to the end of the uh, regular season for all these sports. Uh, I think uh, the, the last playoff spot for the NHL was locked up today um, by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, James, you can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, the MLB's just cooking along. The uh, NBA is very close to to ending their season as well, or the regular season as well. And we'll see that stupid ass play in uh, playing around. Hmm. Um, and then football. I mean, so you agree with LeBron, huh? What was that? So you and LeBron are like the same person because he said the same thing. I mean, I, I think that everyone thinks that, right? Um, it's just the way that it is, I guess. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's good too. You lying sacks of shit. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of lying sacks of shit, James, how are you, my guy? Hey, oh, come on, man. I already pooped on you, so there ain't no shit there. I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty tired. Um, great weekend. But my body's just in shambles because I've been like working out three times a day just to get, just change the pace kind of thing. Damn. So I'm like burning like 2,000 calories a day. So I'm, I'm tired. Just, just drink coffee. Yeah, I just drank some. I took a nap before this started, dude. Yeah, no, for real, I really did. Uh, but yeah, good weekend. Went to a baseball game. Great yeah. seats. The Angels lost the Dodgers. Uh, they it was thirteen or yeah, thirteen to zero in the third inning. So they pulled out their best guys, but the Angels came back. So that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was insane. They almost came back. It was pretty. They almost came back. If they kept Mike Trout and Justin Upton in, I don't know. Maybe could have happened, but they pulled them oh. in the third inning. So what are you going to uh, do? Mookie Betts does, has his balls intact. So that play at third base, <laughs> that was him. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. good weekend. Happy belated Mother's Day to all moms. Yes. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, even the T, especially the TLDR moms. Um, Tyler, you were the other one that I, was at that baseball game. Was that your yeah. first baseball game since COVID? It was. Yeah. First professional baseball game. Um, since October of 2019. That is pretty insane. So um, super happy to go with the guys. That was so much fun. Uh, just felt great to be at a stadium and with fans and, you know, especially Angels Dodgers, because that's a really fun rivalry, a really fun atmosphere to be a part of. So yeah, I had a blast and I was happy the Dodgers were able to hang on to that one, even though I got a little nervous there and uh towards the end but you were i was at the i was at the only game they won all week so clearly i need to be at more games because they feed off my energy and they just need to be they they need me to be there more often i love it um yeah it was a fun game i really enjoyed it um eric we wish you were there um how how is everything with you i mean you got you're rounding out the nba season how are you feeling i'm feeling good uh i don't play on the team but uh obviously well no shit let's fuck with you wait i have a quick question did tyler spill any hot dogs on james's shirt this time i did not he did not but Traden did spill beer before he got to the stadium on to his shirt i mean what's new on whose shirt 
My own. His own shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling good trading. Uh, I'm not working out three times a day like James, but <laughs> I'm still feeling good. Um, how do I feel about the Clippers? I don't really know. I don't really have expectations for them. Because last year that we all saw that wasn't the right thing to do to have the expectations for them. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the play-in game is actually going to like, it's really going to determine um, some rounds for different teams, you know, because it could be the difference of us like playing the Trailblazers or maybe the Lakers or the Mavericks, you know, it's, it's all up in the air. Um and then same with like the Denver Nuggets, they could be playing different teams, but you're just going to have to play whoever you got to play. And then uh, one last thing, Alex is now a golf guy, everybody. He's not here tonight, but he is now a golf guy. He is he out golfing currently it with us. That's why he's on message this weekend. So, is he really? Welcome to the club. Is that? There's I don't no. know he's actually golfing today. <laughs> um, I, I, I forgot to, I forgot to mention we are, we are shorthanded. Um, we are, we do miss our basketball guy, Alex. Um, but you know, the show does not stop. We're uh, we're a next man up. So we, we do have, we do have a great show for you guys this week. Um, we're going to be talking sports food, you know, at the, at the stadiums and, and all the games and, and what, you know, what is a staple and what probably shouldn't be there. Uh, we'll be going through the NBA. Um, you know, we're rounding out the season there and then we're going to end it up with, uh, Tyler's, o, uh, Odam moments or, or his MLB talk. Um, a, a great lineup this week. Um, we hope you enjoy. And when we come back, we're going to start out with that food discussion. Welcome back. We're going to start the podcast. The first uh, right here with this first segment, Eric's going to take us through a discussion about, you know, arena food or, or ballpark food uh, and what, you know, what needs to be there, what shouldn't be there and, uh, you know, everything in between. Eric, take it away. Thanks, Traden. Let's get right into food uh, as always. And I always like to get a little history. But first off, so we've always talked about hot dogs and debated them. Um, that's something yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about tonight, but let me get right into the history, all right? Hot dogs in the ancient world um, may, be, may date back to the 7th century BC. What? E, Holy shit. When Homer mentioned a sausage in his epic poem, The Odyssey. Yep, I've read the book, folks, when I was in high school. Um, don't really remember that part, but... <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way you remember that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't really remember the book at all. Um, fast forward, hot dogs in America. Um, sausage carts were a fixture of urban life. The Duluth News Tribune describes Chicago this way. September 1894. <laughs> this quote is, is kind of funny. More numerous than the lunch wagon is the strolling salesman of Red Hots. This individual clothed clothed in rag trousers, a white coat and cook's cap, and unlimited cheek obstructs the night prowler at every corner. He carries a tank in which are swimming and sizzling hundreds of Frankfurters and wieners. <laughs> um, wow. So, Why don't we write like that anymore? Yeah, better like, times. That, that was like that was beautiful. creative. Is that Shakespearean? Poetic. I don't yeah. even know. Give me chills. <laughs> so 
the last thing I'll say historically, <laughs> I know t- I could feel like I could see Tyler like reading that to his children one day, like yeah. before bed. Bedtime, bedtime stories, story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or reading it to himself. Um, so supposedly the term hot dog was coined on a frigid day in April around 1901 at a Giants baseball game at the New York Polo Grounds. Due to the weather, uh, concessionaire Harry Stevens wasn't making any money selling ice cream or, or cold sodas. So that's why he said, well, I got these hot dogs instead. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. It's, I mean, it's on Google. It's like the first thing that popped up. So it, it's probably true. We're fact checkers here. Um, we know everything we're saying. Um, first thing though, uh, I kind of threw some questions out. What are the best and worst stadium and arena foods you've ever had? Also drinks falling in this category. James, let's start, let's start brainstorming here. What do you got? Uh, okay. So I've only been to a pro baseball game. I've never been to like a pro, like an NBA game, never been to an NFL game before. And so my area of expertise and my reality is limited to that. Just baseball. And hockey. Oh, I've been to hockey too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been to a lot of Ducks games. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but <laughs> like I said, they're basically like minor league now. Yeah, pretty much. Anything. I'm just kidding. I love hockey. Go Ducks. Just kidding. They suck. Um, <laughs> going back to the previous question, we're talking about food here. And I think it's a function of where, which ballpark you go to because each ballpark kind of has their own iconic state, like staple or stamp. And I've, I've gone to a lot of Giants games growing up at AT&T Park. I think now it's called Oracle Park. So my number one food that I love to get there are the garlic fries. Those are iconic. It's like those are the best garlic fries you'll get anywhere else. And there is just something different. It's just next level when you go there and get garlic fries at AT&T Stadium. That sounds good. Um, don't, do they have like uh, the sourdough bread bowls there too, now that I think about it? I haven't yeah, been dude. there, but. It's like yeah. the clam chowder, sourdough exactly. bread, bread bowls. Exactly. So yep. Those are there's there's too. a little staple of the San Francisco baseball world that Tyler loves so much, and Alex. Um, I guess the Dodger dog ain't that bad. Um, it's not that good either. Everybody, don't let people hype it up like Tyler would. Um, it's just a hot dog with the name. Dodger. Actually, Tyler, what do you got? Let's uh, go right to just you. a hot dog. Uh, well, obviously, the best. Yeah, Dodger dogs are phenomenal. Um, it's not just a hot dog. It's a foot long. There's no other hot dog in the world. Go to Costco. Go to Subway. It's not the same. It's not the same. There's just, it, has, it has its own, Your favorite spot, own dude. flavor, its own taste. Just no, the, the bun is special. Um, it tastes should, like 1956. Exactly. Like the good old days. Exactly. Is that what they say? Back in my day. Um, so, yeah. So, my favorite is Dodger Dog, hands down. Not even close. Um, obviously, made a little bias there. Just grew up, grew up with that stuff. But. Um, James, I'm going to have to uh, comment on your garlic fries thing. Um, I've been to AT&T, AT&T slash Oracle three times. Uh, first time I was there, everyone hyped up the garlic fries, right? They're the greatest garlic fries ever. And so, of course, I got to get everyone's favorite. That's what you usually do. Every, as you mentioned, every kind of stadium has their own iconic food you get. Uh, for Oracle, it's their garlic fries. Um, and I got them, and I was not impressed at all. I thought they were pretty trash, to be honest with you. Um, Can I say real fast, real fast, real yeah. fast? Okay. <laughs> Tyler does not like taste, everybody. Tyler <laughs> likes the most plain shit in the whole wide world. He goes with a hot dog with nothing on it, just a hot dog and a bun. He goes to In-N-Out and orders a cheeseburger with lettuce with nothing else. Like, the dude is plain. So you think he's going to like something with a little bit of taste on it? Garlic What's fries? Garlic's a taste. 
His subway order is bread and turkey. That's it. <laughs> Tyler does not do taste. Garlic fries are too sophisticated for his taste buds to handle. That's amazing. None of what you said was true. Um, about my uh, but people believed it. Um, so that's what matters. People believed it. Yeah, that is not my order. Uh, that, that is a just straight up lies. Um, I, I do. I just, I don't know, man. I just, I did not like the garlic fries. I think I just, they were eh. They, yeah. I, I think like it was, I don't know if it was the taste. It was, Ugh. I think just the fries were, thanks, bud. The fries were not good. They just, they didn't taste fresh. They didn't taste good. I don't know. Just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think they were that good. I haven't had them before or yet, so I will uh, update everybody when I do. Who knows when that will be? But um, next weekend, let's do it. Yeah, we'll help. Um, we'll help yeah. move, and then we'll go up there. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I guess the Dodger dog isn't that bad. Um, it unfortunately, I have to say, it is better than the Angels Stadium hot dogs, which is just Wiener Schnitzel hot dogs. Come on, <laughs> Angels, what the fuck, like. Just get like I, I don't know, get something better. Um, Be better. So dr- drink wise, though, I have to say really fast, uh, micheladas are just trash anywhere and everywhere you order them. So especially at Dodger Stadium, they're even worse there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not a michelada guy. Good. I, I'm glad we agree, Tyler. Yeah. Um, but you got to say like Staples and uh, Angel Stadium do have the good beer selections. Um, they're just so expensive man yeah they are so you're gonna pay 14 bucks for like you know a pint but it comes comes with the experience uh trade and what do we got what do you got with these questions dude the thing is i at most sporting events i'm already too buzzed and 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 drunk enough to like taste food like last week (laughs) um i i did buy a hot dog and i don't really remember what it tastes like I mean, I know it's a basic hot dog, but I don't actually remember eating it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you bought it either. I think Tyler just like put it into your lap and then you demolished it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely, and then I, I guess I ate it. Um, but, but my point is like a hot dog is a staple and, and I will always go for a hot dog. I love, I actually the, the sausages. I like, I'm more of a sausage guy. I like, I like uh, a little bit more meat there. Um, <laughs> there is a joke there. There's a joke there. I understand that. Um, gotta watch the YouTube. Uh, on that we're one. trying to keep it PG, guys. Come on, let's come on. Um, no, we're not. Um, I I really enjoy Tons nachos. The the whole nachos in the in the baseball hat or the Ooh, baseball I forgot about part. nachos. That's a good point. Yep, those are those are damn good. Um, I don't know who doesn't like garlic fries. If you're if you don't like garlic fries, you're just an idiot. Um, I like garlic fries. I just don't like Oracle Park's garlic fries. <laughs> I don't enough. think they're that good. Fair yeah. enough. Um, really, well, I'm that's good. I'm, I'm, my bad, trading. Keep going. I'm really just focused on the beers, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna get into. Like, you can't go wrong with a nice meaty crisp IPA. Um, but you know, I feel like. St- I do like Stone Brewery, but those IPAs can just be extremely heavy, extremely, extremely bitter, and, and you have like more than three of them, you're you're gonna feel it. Um, yeah. But especially if you get on the knee and just chug two of them, and then later spill mustard in somebody's shirt. That's what happens. Yeah. Speaking of yeah, exactly. Um, that gets us into what should be the staple staple food for each sport. I guess we've already covered baseball. Um, 
you got to say hot dogs is for, for the ballparks. There's pretty much no argument there. Yep. Traden, I'm going to start with you first, but let me tell you this. You may actually know the answer is this. Are there poutine fries for every arena in Canada? Or just not I at would all? assume yes, but I don't know. So sh- I would say make that a staple for every arena 100%. in Canada. Uh, 100%. But are they even that good? Like, Yeah. Yes. That, what makes it, them so good? Like, I, I'm not the biggest gravy guy. Like, well, see, here's the thing. Like, not all poutine it has gravy. Not necessarily. I mean, you you can have you can really kind of make whatever type of poutine with whatever type of I guess media medium whatever word you want to use um, that kind of binds it together. The, the glue guy can be different, right? You don't need it to just be gravy. <laughs> it could be sauce. It could be like you could do it with a salsa if you want to like make it a little bit, um, you know, more, uh, Mexican style. Also. Um, yes, you can do that. Um, Interesting. the, the key though is the cheese curds. Cheese curds mm. are what make the poutine and here. And the thing is p- cheese curds are hard to find. So, you know, a, a true poutine has cheese curds. If, if you don't have cheese curds in said poutine, it's just fries with whatever like shit you got on. It ain't, it's poutine. like a team with no glue guys yeah yes yeah those are your enforcers right you need enforcers in your in your in your lineup and uh the, the cheese curds just you know get the job done um, i think that they should be a staple in every single arena um they're a staple at small arenas like when i was growing up and played a lot of hockey um you know we would have a lot of the times we were eating at the concession stands because it's some of the, the some of the towns up in canada especially one town that we visited a lot the only like fast food restaurant or fast food place was the arena, like this little rink that had a little concession and people would be just go up the street to go get their food. So um, yeah, I mean, they, they were there, especially in a cold, you know, colder, colder rink. They're, they're absolutely necessary. You, they are a staple and they should be a staple in every single uh, arena as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now that I think about it, having it in like a cold, cold environment might make it that much better. Yes. Um, so maybe that's why the gravy is there in the first place, you know, um james what about this canes at every nba arena that sounds like a great idea i think what makes a good sport food is its ability to be accessible and like a finger food that doesn't get too messy but you don't have to use a fork or a knife you can just use your hands and that's essentially what canes is you're bringing back to your primal instincts and you're getting good food and I agree, the chicken isn't the best chicken you can possibly have, but it's the sauce that makes the canes that good. Yeah, you need the sauce to mask the quality of the chicken, all right? That's, you know, grade A knowledge the right sauce. there. <laughs> um, you got to finesse the client. Um, <laughs> and so what else you got, James? You got anything else on that? But yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that canes-wise. Not, I mean, like, if you're looking for a, a staple food for football, there isn't really one at all. And it's kind of an idea that I've been wrestling with for my entire life. Like, what do you get when you go to a football game? Because I've never been. So I'm kind of, you know, planning it out, dreaming about it. And like, what do I eat at a football game? And I can't think of anything. Probably a whole bunch of everything. But there's yeah. nothing specific that comes to mind when it comes to football. There should be like a food truck there that has like everything. Because I feel like football players just like are told to eat everything all the time. Yeah. Um, in their diet so like it should be like funnel cakes um ice cream burgers fuck i mean 
that's something else we could brainstorm. Um, Tyler, I was thinking like going to like a professional golf tournament, there should just be like a three course quality meal or something like that. What do you think? Or get a cheese pimento sure. sandwich I mean, like the masters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously golf, you can probably go a little fancier, you know, um, you know, they're generally in a, you know, country club or somewhere nice with a good sit down restaurant and you can still enjoy it. So yeah, definitely a little more of a fancier, probably use some utensils at a, at a golf tournament, I would imagine for sure. Yeah. It should be like a nice, like chicken cob salad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like a, a nice pasta or something. Yeah, exactly. Like a no garlic though, no garlic for trade. Pesto <laughs> pasta, yeah. Garlic pesto chicken penne. Yeah, everything <laughs> like, like if it was in any other like sporting event, it would be terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. nothing from any other sporting place. Like, could you imagine getting po- fucking pasta at a baseball game? Like, if you get pasta at a baseball game, or <laughs> you're doing a it wrong. Salad. Actually, dude, oh, if you think about it, those your nacho, like the thing you're talking about with the nachos in the helmet, you can put a ton of spaghetti in there and just. No, I know, away. but that'll be not that'll off. be pretty Don't cool. Do that. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting human being. Getting red sauce all over your white jersey. Oh, man. It's, it's it's spaghetti or like pasta and and like a salad at like a baseball game or a football game. It's like, dude, just fuck off. It's like, <laughs> that would be a. What do you have against salad? I feel like man. I've gotten a salad at like a hey, man. hockey yeah. game or something before. Like. <laughs> you would have been disgusted with me trading it's uh, a do. total eric move it was like a chicken caesar salad i think Something why like what are you doing i don't know maybe i wasn't that hungry i don't remember but... <laughs> then don't eat bro i don't <laughs> get a beer instead <laughs> true true so that gets me in, the, in one of the last questions so like what what would you add food and drink wise i mean i feel like we just talked pasta at a baseball game um <laughs> i was thinking like dessert wise throw some like whiskey milkshakes in the mix or something like that (laughs) what that sounds a great idea (laughs) i I just see i just see that going very badly yeah the the combo of dairy and whiskey dairy and whiskey for most people i just feel like they're you know (laughs) just destroy you um i think that you'd have to have a limit like you they would definitely don't allow you to have two like, you yeah, have to like, add more bathrooms, though, because like the people yeah. who are lactose intolerant, okay, they yeah. might just go for it and be yeah. like exploding everywhere. So <laughs> yeah. ha- add more bathrooms if you're going to make that happen. <laughs> Pink Whitney at every Canadian arena. That's probably already happening, right? Oh, yeah, think? probably. Um, well, I mean, we don't know. It's it's fine. They finally got it in Canada and the the covid happened so they haven't had fans since then so the, yeah the covid <laughs> what about what about uh hockey games since it's a colder arena you have warm alcoholic beverages like a like a warm hard cider or something i mm. would i could see that or a hottie toddy yeah what's a hottie toddy kind of like that oh. yeah except with whiskey <laughs> <laughs> yeah that does sound good that actually works. i never even yeah, thought right. about that, that sounds pretty nice yeah. warm up you know hot sake yeah Oh, there you go, sake bomb. I, I don't just know. give you like the maybe could. They give you the ceramic bottle with the little glasses. Yes. shots for every goal. <laughs> go to your seat, like holding it. Yeah, it's holding two things. Like what? Do you- <laughs> um, what about uh, tailgate wise? Like snappa, oh. snappa during tailgates. No. That probably already happens. Oh, yeah. You think you should be able to buy a mini keg at the stadium. So you can take out to your car for the tailgate. So you have to transport the mini keg everywhere you go. 
That's true. That's a good idea. And yeah. And then like have snap at tables, you know, or I feel like probably in the college, college football games, you know, Oh dude, they got that going. Sure. Tailgate um, food's a little different too. Like the, the, what you can do at a tailgate. I mean, you can deep fry turkey, deep fry turkeys. You can do badass jambalaya when the, uh, the saints come to town, you can do fucking like, you can do so much shit tailgates or tail that's where you eat you don't eat in the ballpark where they charge you like twenty thousand dollars for a hot dog you bring your food and no we're talking ballpark and stadiums (laughs) (laughs) no that's actually a good point i didn't even think about that you just like sparked me um to think of that yeah that is a good idea actually if you're smart don't eat in the stadium unless you're like starving or you need it get a taco uh, guy Bring your taco. Yeah. Guy, so good. Yeah. Bring him in. The, bring him in. Right. Dude, Buy him a yeah. seat. Yeah. Dude. J- get the just have him. That's yeah. the payment. That's bring when him. you, that's when you buy the box, you know, you get the, you get the, uh, what do you call those? The, Hot uh, box oven thing. Sweet. No, no. Like you buy <laughs> oh. the, or you get the. <laughs> like a sweet. <laughs> trying to say sweet. Yeah, meant, like, sweet box. You bring the taco in guy tacos, makes everything in the box oven. And then he wheels it in. That sells them. That's a dream come true. Um, it, Okay. Um, also, <laughs> we're going, going off, off the rails, rails a little bit. <laughs> there should be uh, there should be Cali burritos at Dodger Stadium and like, chicken fries. Chicken fries, yeah. From Albert Tacos, Albert Tacos is sponsor. anywhere ever again. Um, but don't you think that James or even at Angel Stadium, like Cali burritos at at our local stadiums around here. Yeah, like I think it's like a, a local stadium. stadium. I bet you I, I, I bet you Petco probably has them. Yeah. yeah. They have a lot of really good food at Petco. I would say that that's probably honestly the best ballpark food that Ooh. I've ever had is Petco, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I still need to go there. That that sounds like I should go there. Yeah. Check that out. Last question to end the segment. Um, should arenas have out-of-market food? 100%. Yeah, I, I would say okay. yes. What local. should they have? <laughs> I would say like um, local stuff. Yeah, you, yeah I got it. I love the idea of local stuff. If, if, especially if those local, you know, if, if those local areas, um, you know, have the money to get in there, that's a great way to brand and get, get your food out to the masses at, you know, at one, at one, you know, time, like, at, at, you know, over the course of like two or three hours. Uh, I love that idea. Yeah. I got um in and out at Yankee Stadium. No. Or Fenway Park in and out there. No. Um I bought Chick-fil-A at, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and most of their games are on fucking Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. I got Chick-fil-A Whataburger football stadium. Whataburger at Staples Center. <laughs> I'd be no. fucked. I honestly think that's a good idea because it gets more like people who aren't necessarily into the sports can bring can go to those games and have something to do like if they're foodies yeah. and not really into sports they'll be like oh let's go try this try in and out if they've never had in and out before and yeah. they have a taste of the west coast on top of that it's, it's yeah it's a cool idea exactly yeah. thank you james um as tyler was like no no um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh new york pizza at west coast arenas like go to dodger stadium yeah, there's a Dodger dog over here to your left and to your right is like some of the best authentic New York pizza you've ever had. <laughs> they like a lobster roll in, at Angel Stadium. Dodgers yes, Dodgers. yes. They do have exactly. Brooklyn style pizza at Dodger Stadium because the Dodgers are originally from Brooklyn. 
Yeah, they should have Brooklyn pizza there. They do. Oh, they do? I'm saying they do. Yeah. Oh, how is it? Why well, you haven't mentioned I've never it. had it because I only get Dodger dogs. <laughs> oh my god. I can't go to so and not get a Dodger dog. So simple. It's the only place where like you can get it. <laughs> um, Tyler, what do you get on your Dodger dog? Just ketchup. All right, at least you put some sort of sauce on there. Yeah, like I said, James um, said I put nothing on it. Lies. <laughs> yeah. All lies. Here's the last thing I'll say. Uh, Subway should be banned from every arena forever. Moving you're forward. breaking Tyler's heart with that. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Subway. <laughs> I don't How am I going to eat fresh now? How am I going to do it? Um, but uh, I think Jersey Mike's is at Angel Stadium. Switch that to Jimmy John's Angel Stadium. It'd be a better call. Why would you have a – like, I don't know that you'd want, like, a sandwich like that at a ball game. Just kind of – I don't know. Some chips? Chips, yeah. But... What about chips, though? <laughs> <laughs> right, um, well, that's all I got, everybody. I mean, you know, th- that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted us to just be, like, brainstorming, coming up with everything off the top of our head with a little bit of research. That's what our podcast is all about. <laughs> so, uh, that's, yeah, feather it in, and that's all I got. Eric, that, that conversation went off the rails. I mean, that <laughs> – we, we kind of got carried away, but that's what we do. Um, I, and I love your, I love your topics. Um, and that was very fun. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk the NBA with not Alex James today. James is filling in. We'll, uh, we'll be, we'll be right back. And we're back, and this week we got Alex is on the sidelines, not able to do the NBA, so James <laughs> is tagging in, bring it on, let's talk NBA just before the playoffs start. Just before the playoffs start, yeah. Um, wish me luck, guys, first time ever not talking about football, so this will be interesting, this will be fun. I do know a decent amount about basketball, so um, yeah, take it easy on me. Today, we're starting with in the East Coast with the Washington Wizards. Tyler made a great call a couple of months ago saying that the Wizards were going to make the playoffs. I absolutely destroyed him and shut on him and called him an idiot because they weren't, but they are now. So congratulations, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> on top of that, uh, Bradley Beal is missing two, the last two games of the season because of his hamstring, which leaves Russell Westbrook kind of the man, the guy in this. And Russell Westbrook just did something big yesterday. Like yesterday, he tied Oscar Robertson for the most amount of triple doubles of all time. And today, he had another triple-double. So now he has 181 triple-doubles in his career. 182, I should say. Oscar Robertson set the record of 181 triple-doubles in 1962. And for those of you who don't know who Russ or Oscar Robertson is, he's one of the best to ever do it. The dude's top 10 player of all time. Guy's amazing. His nickname was Mr. Triple-Double. And now Russell Westbrook now has that. Um, so he got – Russ has 35 this season alone. And he owns the record with 42 triple-doubles in a season in, in 2016. On top of that, Russ is only 32 years old. So he's going to take this record and he's going to run with it. Eric, is Brody underrated? What do you think his legacy is? Yeah, I think he is underrated. Um, because of a few things, the way he is and his attitude. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying the way people uh, portray it. Um a lot of people don't like him because of his 
his energy and attitude. I actually like, I like it. Um, but he, he can be all over the place. Um, seems like a good, good dude to have on your team. I would say probably the most athletic player currently in the league. Um, and people, you know, would say LeBron or others, but you look at Westbrook and his consistency. Um, he's not the best shooter, but he's pretty much the most consistent at everything else. Um, rebounding and assisting and scoring, which is getting triple doubles. Um, and that's probably one of the hardest things to do in the NBA. You have to be extremely athletic to do that, you know, um, to get all those stats. And now he has the most ever. Um, I think the answer to the second part of your question for his legacy, um, I think he's fulfilled it with this, but he does need to get a chip under his belt where people are going to say he's like a selfish player. Um, I don't think he is. I'm just saying that that'll be another thing people portray out of him. Like if he doesn't ever win a championship, you know, people will always mention that, but hopefully he gets one at some point. We'll see when, I don't know if it'll ever be with the wizards, but maybe he could, you know, join a team at a deadline or something like that. And then in the future, who knows? Interesting. Um, I agree with one of the two parts of that question that you answered. I agree that his legacy is this. His legacy is being a triple-double guy. Until he wins a championship, he's just going to be regarded as a stat stuffer. And is he underrated? No. You said he was, and I, I don't think he's underrated at all. When people think of Russell Westbrook, you think of triple-doubles. That's pretty much what he brings to the table. Like, he's not necessarily a winner. The thing about Russell Westbrook is that he shoots his team out of games. Yeah, he's like the most athletic guy out there and gets the most rebounds and most assists. But his teams lose because he shoots too much and misses. He has <laughs> untimely misses. Like in clutch situations, he should not be having the ball. Give the ball to Bradley Beal. Give it to somebody else. But he takes a shot and misses. He's not the guy you want with the ball at the last minute. That's a fact of the matter. That's why he hasn't won everything yet. One day he will, hopefully. But he won't be putting up triple-double numbers if he joins that team. So one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is, how many triple-doubles do you think he averages from this point forward until he retires? Um, not a big stat numbers guy. Uh, he did. What, what was that? His 42nd was tonight of this season. He has 36 tonight. It was his 46th. 36. 36. Um, yeah. Let's see. He'll probably get one or two more this season. He'll be close to 40. I think he averages at least like 20 to 25 moving forward. So he's at now. How long do you think he's going to be in the league for? You think he retires at 35 or 40? Uh, 32 right now. Yeah, he's probably got three more years in him, I would say. Three to four, maybe. So he's absolutely going to shatter this record. Nobody's ever going to come close to having well, the most triple doubles. Jason Kidd, when Jason Kidd had like 107 and he retired, he said no one on this earth uh, that is human will ever break that record. And then it just got broken tonight, so... <laughs> Nobody else that is human on this earth will ever break it after this, except LeBron is 99. So, no, he's, no not, he's not putting up 100. <laughs> There's no way he's putting up 100 triple doubles. Wait, wait, wait. So, you're saying that he's going to average 20 a season? He got 42, that, or he's gotten 36 so far this year. He got like, he had like 26 last year or something like that. 
That's like the past three years they've shown he's like gotten over 20 of them at these last three seasons. That means like 25 to 33% of the games he's getting one. But then also what James said, they're losing a bunch of games because he's, you know, he's scoring a bunch, but then he's taking all these shots and shit and they're, he's missing a bunch. Jane, to answer your question uh, for his career, Russell Westbrook averages 23 points, seven rebounds and nine assists across his entire career. So he pretty much has a double-double right there. Um, I mean, a couple more rebounds here and there per game. Like, that's it. That He might be able to average – if he continues on this pace, he could average a triple-double for his career. That's why I understand insane. how – like, I understand the, the, the logic behind him taking stupid shots. That still doesn't equate to how he's not winning. Like, it just seems like he should be winning. Like, it just gets crazy to me, I guess. I mean, a lot of bad shots takes the air out of the ball. It disrupts the entire team. It lowers your morale, right. and then the offense doesn't flow. The NBA is momentum based. Flowing enough There's to get him twenty yeah. fucking five points. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. That's just absurd. But, yeah, the interest because he's a basketball right there. Okay, moving on to the second question. We're moving on to playoffs. So, the playing round that we talked so highly about at the intro of this that everybody hates, and I kind of love, and Eric loves. Um, right now, it has the Warriors and the Lakers playing each other in the eight and se- seven and eight seed. Trayden, um, what do you think about this? I mean, it it, it is what it is. Um, I I don't know if I subscribe to the you know I, I think I think it was you that said that the league is was trying to get this to happen. So you you brought in you thought it was a little more fixed to make sure that they play each other. Look. Uh, that aside, because I don't want to get into that, um, I I would say, you know, I, this is the matchup that we all want to see. I mean, we all want to, we all love to see the, the the Warriors play LeBron. I mean, it's been, it feels like we're going back to 2016 or whenever the last time they play. I don't even know when it was, but you know, for what was it like five or six years they were playing each other straight in the finals, and it was something that, you know, it, it just was kind of normal and you got a good seven game series and, and that's, and it drew a lot of, it drew a lot of eyes. It drew a lot of attention. Um, and anytime that the, that Curry and LeBron play each other, it's, it's, it's basketball that people want to watch. Um, and you know, I'll even watch that game because you know, it's, it's a Warriors playoff game. It's against the Lakers and I'll be praying to God that the Warriors can, can beat them so that I can say, Fuck you, Alex, and fuck you, Tyler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but all seriousness, um, you know, it, as much as I don't really like this playing tournament because I think it's a little cockamamie for me, it's a little bit too, eh. I mean, I understand it. You're trying to just increase the revenue base. It, it makes sense. In, on, But, um, you know, I, I, as much as I have my issues with it, I think that it's a, I think it's going to be much watch. I, it doesn't sound like the players are too keen on it. I know LeBron's not keen on it. I would say to that, you probably shouldn't have got seventh. Then you probably shouldn't have played better and not get seventh. Like it, it you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, you know, he doesn't have a point, but you know, it, it's, t- it's tough being in that position you know, and you're the reason that you're even in that position is because you guys got dropped all the way from like second to seventh in the matter of, you know, two months. So look, it's going to be fun basketball. It's going to be must watch. Everyone is going to be watching it. 
Um, NBA loves the drama and this is just more drama. So I guess if, I guess if to your point, I guess maybe they fix it a little bit to make sure that there is drama in the season. Um, that being said, I, I don't know how the Warriors win that game, but we'll see. It's one game. I, I like the matchup. I just wish it could be more than one game. This uh, is something yeah. I'd like to see a seven game series out of. Because uh, when Steph gets hot, the Warriors are unbeatable. That's true. And I, I just, Steph has to get hot at the right time at this point in order to make this happen. And there's still an opportunity if the Warriors lose that they still make their playoffs because of this playoff game, playing game. They'll play the winner of the eight and, or nine and 10. So there's a thing there. And I hope that the, I hope the Lakers win the first game and hope the Warriors win the second. That's what I'm hoping to see. In, in that case, you could see your seven-game series in the conference final if, for exactly. some crazy reason, seven and eight go undefeated for two for two rounds. I'm not a I'm not going to put money on that. But um, I, it, crazier things have happened. And to your point, you said it over the weekend. You said that this is like you have no idea about this NBA playoffs. You have no idea. Does anybody have any idea how it's going to play out? Every other year we do. Not this year. Yeah, this year is going to be a coin flip all the way through. So I'm pretty excited to watch this. Uh, moving on to our third topic, our last topic, a Tyler topic. Uh, it looks like the NBA playoff teams are pretty much set at this point. So I'm going to just going to paint the picture of the East and the West for you. So Ooh, listen up. Picasso. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do, man. Tyler, Eric's over there being Homer. I'll be Picasso. It's cool. There you go. <laughs> in the West, <laughs> the seventh and eighth seeds will be playing each other, which you just mentioned, and that's the Lakers and the Warriors. The nine and the ten seeds will be playing each other, which will be the Grizzlies and the Spurs. The winner of the seven and eight will play the Suns, and the winner of the second playing game would play the Jazz. At three and six, we have the Clippers and the Blazers, and at four and five, we have the Nuggets and the Mavs. In the East, seven and eight would be the Clippers and the Hornets. And breaking news, Jalen Brown is out for the rest of the season and the playoffs after tearing a ligament in his wrist. So that's a huge hit to the Celtics. At 9 and 10, we have the Wizards and the Pacers. The winner of 7 and 8 will play the Nets. And the winner of the second playing game would be the would play the 76ers. The three and the six seeds are the Bucks and the Heat. And the four and the five are the Knicks and the Hawks. Tyler, which series are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, so we've been mentioning the, the play-in series. Um, honestly, normally for NBA playoffs, especially if the Lakers aren't playing, uh, the first round is, you know, pretty predictable, except for maybe some of those uh, four or five matchups. You know, typically it doesn't really get to get, really get good until quarterfinals and then like kind of the uh, finals of the of the conference. Um, so first round matchups, I think the best one that we know for sure that's not you know going to be a result of a play-in. Um, I, I, I'm excited for this Knicks Hawks one. Um, I think just to see two teams that haven't been there in the playoffs for a long time, uh, especially the, uh, the uh, Knicks. Um, I think having them back in the playoffs, I think is a really big deal for basketball. Um, and the Hawks is kind of a team. No one's really talking about in the East. Obviously there's the, there's the big three up top. Um, they've been playing really good basketball um, lately. So um, I think these are two teams that are kind of hot at the right time. Two teams that, you know, have not made the playoffs for, uh, for a long time. Um, so to kind of see those two right off the bat, I think is going to be really, uh, really fun. Um, but, but then the, the, honestly, every playing series, I'm probably going to be, be uh, watching and paying, paying a, attention to in both the East and the West, just to see the chaos that's going to ensue. I really hope a 10 makes it at some point. I don't, I don't really care, you know, it, in, in either one, whether it's the, the, the West or the East, um, to, to see it, I think for really 
for NBA to kind of make sense of it. I think I, I feel like a 10 seed needs to kind of win and actually uh, make the playoffs kind of make this whole thing worth it um, to kind of make sense a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think, you know, that, you know, that 10, nine, you know, matchup, I mean, I think a 10 could easily win that and anything can happen in one game of basketball. So um, I think it'll be very interesting and I'm very intrigued to see how these playing series uh, play out. Do you have anybody in the West side that you like to, that you want to see? Um, I, 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 I kind of like the, uh, the, the, the Nuggets Mavs series um, past that. Honestly, I, I mean, obviously I want the Lakers to win. So who, whoever the, the, the Lakers are playing, I'm going to want to see them win. Um, so, you know, it kind of really matter there. Um, but I, I think the West, um, I don't know. I don't, honestly, as it stands right now, none of those matches particularly intrigue me that much yet. Um, I think as we get closer to the, the conference finals, I think a few will, but at, at the, the first round, I don't know for it. Not, not, like none of them really, I'm like, Oh, I cannot wait to watch this one other than the Lakers Warriors for the potential uh, play in. That'd be it. In the West. I like the Clippers and the Blazers a lot. That's a series I'm going to be tuning into like crazy. Uh, Traden said it earlier. NBA plays a lot on TNT and TNT is all about the drama. And right now that's PG and that's Dame going four to seven games. That's going to be a lot of drama. That's a lot of hate, a lot of bad blood, a lot of people going at their throats. It's going to be fun to watch. I honestly think the Clippers are going to go all the way this year. I think this, they're from top to bottom. They're pretty much set. I love the Boogie Cousins um, pickup a couple of weeks ago. When they're all healthy, they're pretty unbeatable. The health for everybody else isn't all there right now. And I just don't think that the um, Suns or the Jazz are as deep as people expect them to be. So I think this year is the Clippers year. So congratulations, Eric. And on the East side, I agree with you 100%. The Knicks and the Hawks, that's going to be a series to watch, mainly because those two teams haven't made it in a very long time. And the style of play that the Knicks play right now, defensively sound, is something that you don't see very often. Typically, you see the NBA games go like 120, 130 points. Knicks games don't cl- cross t- triple digits a lot of the time. So it's a lot like the Islanders play with Barry Trotz. Kind of slow, kind of hard to watch, but it's defensively sound. And it's something different that people just love to t- tune into. When the Knicks are good, the NBA is fun to watch. So the last thing I want to ask that wasn't on this question list is who is your favorite to win the NBA championship this season? Tyler, let's start with you. I like I like your Clippers pick. Um, ah, man, yeah, that's a tough. I think there's like you know we we talked about it last week how it's you know couldn't really tell you who's gonna win. I think there's a lot of teams out there that have a legit shot. Um, I don't know. I feel like the team that's probably been I think the most consistent and steady throughout the, the, this whole season is probably Philadelphia. Um, I think they got a really good team there, a really well-rounded team that, for the most part, have stayed healthy. Obviously, uh, had a, had a few minor things in there for for a few weeks, but for the most part, in this series that or this season that had a ton of injuries, have you know stayed fairly healthy, um, and they're healthy going in the playoffs. So um, I kind of like the 76ers currently by just a hair for for my favorite. Love it, trading. I. I ditto. I, I was going to say the 76ers. Um, a buddy of ours over the weekend said that nobody in the East is has a chance. Yeah, I don't think so. I think those 76ers are a legit threat. And Eric? Um, I really hope the Clippers, um, but say it's not them, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. 
because they're just a team that it's now or never for them. They just signed Giannis to their extension, to his extension, all that. They got Drew Holiday. They're doing everything they can. Why is it now s- or never if they just signed Giannis to this massive contract for a long time? <laughs> well, it's pretty, like much now it's pretty much now or never. <laughs> Gotta have that attitude. Love your logic, man. <laughs> Love the logic. <laughs> that is my attempt at the NBA segment, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed Hey guys, I think we got to give, uh, we got to tip our hats to James there. You did a great job filling in for, uh, for Alex. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you, you never, you never can replace him, but you're the perfect substitute. Um, and you did a great, 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 great job. Um, when we come back, we're going to end the podcast with, um, some MLB talk, you know, like we're going back to normal. Tyler's doing his MLB. Ah, lame. We're back. Tyler's got his oh damn moments of this past week and the MLB. Tyler, take it away. Thank you, Traden. Oh, damn. Um, so I'm going to do similar kind of to, to last week. I'm going to do some screen shares and we're going to kind of look at some videos here. Uh, this week, I want to do some, I wanted to add uh, my play of the week. All right. So we're going to start off. There's just kind of everyone just to kind of take a look at. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this one. Uh, Braves pitcher Tyler Matzik on Sunday night baseball um, turned a double play here uh, in the top of the seventh inning against the the Phillies. Um, I'm just going to play it for you and you guys can just marvel at this beauty right here. Uh, So he throws, he sets, winds, here comes the pitch runner on first base. It's beautiful behind the back, flip it to second, turn it, a 1-6-3 double play. So watch the slow-mo again. I don't don't know if you caught that. Watch this. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm impressed at the shortstop. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 this, this was well. just – I love – one of my favorite plays in baseball is seeing a beautifully turned double play, and this was just gorgeous, right? And obviously a little bit of luck there or skill, you know. Oh, I, don't know I don't think you could probably re- re- repeat that very often. Yeah, that uh, short, but to James's point, that shortstop, you know, seeing what was going on, jumping up in there, I think that – I mean, that's the key right there. Absolutely. Um, so, so that was a cool play. So that was my play of the week. Um, so I'm going to move on to my first oh damn moment. Uh, some pretty, pretty exciting extra inning uh, games we've had so far this season. Um, I think a really, really good one we had one Saturday night, uh, Braves Phillies once again, uh, going back out to Atlanta. Um, also, oh damn, look at the crowd out there, guys. It's pretty much at full capacity. I don't know if you can kind of tell in the outfield in there, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Georgia is pretty much, uh, they don't have COVID there. So uh, 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 apparently so. Um, Pretty interesting to see full sellout crowds in Atlanta. The Braves have been heating up, um, playing a lot better baseball lately. Um, and this comeback was pretty phenomenal. So let's just kind of go through it. Uh, kind of starts here in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Braves are down by two runs. That's a big boy. The Panda Express coming in with the two-run home run to tie the game with two outs and two strikes. All it takes is one swing of the bat. The Braves are able to send this thing into extra innings. And this is where it gets kind of crazy. So – if you guys are not familiar uh, with the extra inning rule, um, basically last season they implemented this rule where you start with a runner on second base. So wh- whoever made the last out. So here we're in the bottom of the 10th inning. Uh, the Braves have base loaded nobody out. Uh, they're not able to score the run here, obviously. Um, so they kind of ground, in, ground into a play there, a, a force out at home. Um, and then he's going to go on and strike the next batter out here. Beautiful slider. Oh, Nasty. 
pumping up. Let's go. So we're going to go into the 11th inning. And the Phillies are going to put together a run here. He almost hits his ball out, hits the wall. So Phillies oh. go four to three. All right. So the Braves are already down three to one in the ninth. Now they're down four to three in 11th. You know, but once again, because this extra inning rule, they have a runner on second base to lead off the inning. And they get a ground ball here, advance the runner to third base, but he fucks it up, throws it away. Oh, oh my no. God. Here comes the run, head first slide. Braves tied up once again. So we're going to keep going. We're going to get an ad here because we're on YouTube. Um, but basically, it, what's really cool about these extra inning games or, you know, what people like is that there's constant action, right? A lot of times extra innings can go 18 innings and there's like no runners on base the entire time. You know, this one from the get-go, you have a runner on second, nobody out. Um, so it makes it really exciting. So now we're going to the top of the 12th inning. Uh, Bryce Harper's up here. The base is loaded, nobody out. And another error, <laughs> right? So absolute madness. Here comes a... a, a Where's the pitcher? Run. Exactly. That was a horrible play. Right yeah, that was a terrible uh, play by wow. the pitcher. So some pretty bad defense here in extra innings, but that's kind of kind of the the, the, the oh, pressure, right? So they got a, you know, a lot of uh, pressure plays and guys kind of making dumb head plays. So here we go. Bottom of the 12th inning, the Braves. So the Phillies score three in the top of the 12th inning. The Braves are now down by three runs. Um, so bases loaded, nobody out. We got the base hit here down oh. the left field line. McCutcheon botches it. He fumbles it. Here comes mm -hmm. more runs. And we had a tie ball game. So bases clearing double. And just oh, like that, it's tied, up, it's, it's tied up once again. Hey, it's Darby, the shortstop. Darby oh, yeah. So uh, nobody <laughs> out here. Uh, the Braves have a chance to win. As you see, another bad play. So lot, lots of poor defensive plays here in extras. But, you know, even some, sometimes errors can be fun and exciting, um, if, especially if you're not the team that's making them. Um, so good luck yeah, that's what they need that's what they need to do more of right you know i think a lot of teams will have the runner on second nobody out and no one bunts them over to third you've got a much better chance of scoring from third than second so next batter up boom base hit game over huh. raves wow. win the ball game super <laughs> exciting just away. To walk off people are going <laughs> crazy they do that thing in atlanta where they turn the lights on and off and make it all crazy so uh there you go final 12 innings braves eight philly seven um, so How are the Braves so bad this season? Yeah, so they got off to a pretty un uncharacteristic start there. Uh, some really bad offense, uh, the, the, but the pitching was was really really bad. Um, but they've started to kind of you know uh, find their ground a little bit. Um, so so they're playing a lot better baseball. That National League East is going to be up for grabs all season long. Um, so Eric, I wanted to ask you about the, this extra inning rule, as I mentioned, having the runner start off on second base. Um, do you like it? I, you know, do, does it make for more exciting baseball in, in extra innings? And do you think that ML, so MLB after this season, you know, may or may not keep this rule. Should they keep this rule uh, going forward? Uh, I like the rule. It reminds me of uh, it's the MLB's version of the NHL regular season three on three it's about overtime. Mm -hmm. um, it's perfect. It speeds up the game and it makes for excitement. So to answer the second part, uh, I really hope the MLB does keep it in because people like to complain baseball is too slow paced for them. Um, I think this makes up for it. And you saw from that game, that was like an extremely exciting game. Um, it that would have been a great game to be watching live, but even watching the highlights of it was exciting. So I really hope they keep this going and just engrave it into the regular season because in the playoffs, that's not the case, right? Yeah, so playoffs they're gonna do normal, normal kind of like an yeah. hockey too. So like you know, and in, in, in over time they'll keep it five on five. Same thing in baseball. So in extra innings, you're just you know, no, no, yeah, no runners perfect. on, nobody out. 
Uh, I agree with you. I think it, I, I think it's a great uh, analogy kind of doing the, it's, ba- it's basically uh, baseball's version of hockey's uh, three on three um, overtime. Um, I think it's great. Um, honestly, at first I was a little iffy on it. I, I didn't know if I liked it, but um, I think I've kind of gotten used to it. And I kind of, I see how much excitement there is and it, just, it, it speeds up the process of extra innings because baseball games are already long you know, um, and to have extra innings where, like I said, you know, I, I, I've seen extra inning games where they'll go 16, 17 innings and nobody gets on base the entire time. And it can be pretty brutal to watch. Um, so I, I, I think these are fun. I think they make the games end a little bit quicker. Um, and, like, and like a game like that, perfect example, it can be very, very fun. I have something to say before we move on. Yeah. Um, first of all, I do agree 100% with both of you guys. I like the, that rule, putting somebody on second. It makes it way more exciting. All the things you guys said, I agree with. But I think that there's one unforeseen kind of slight that kind of messes with people, especially the closing pitchers, is that now when they come in at the, on the t- top of the 10th inning, they now have an inherited somebody on base. And so if you give up a single, your ERA goes up. When it's not your fault, your earned run average goes up when literally you did nothing, like you gave up one hit. That doesn't boost your ERA, but a run scores on your watch from something that you did nothing. So that's kind of unfortunate. So statistics now for a closer who now pitches in extra innings will have worse ERAs than he would have statistically had he not had extra innings. Right. So that's unfortunate. Or they I do like the rule. They could adjust for it. I, 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 I'm not sure. I need to fact check on this, but I believe, as James, you said, it's in an inherited runner. And an inherited runner by rule is not an earned run. So if that run does score, you don't get credit against you, if that makes sense. So it, it counts as an unearned run for the pitcher. Now, obviously – if you come in the game and in that situation, right. And you give up more than one run, whatever run past that, you know, uh, runner that, that led off the inning on second base is, is, is your responsibility. But I believe that the runner on second for the relief pitcher that comes in, if that runner scored is, does not count as an earned run for him. I believe. So James is, James is a stat guy over a team guy. Yeah, He's like Westbrook. That's a good point though. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think you're right. If that was, if, if it, I don't hundred percent know that. So we should fact check that. Because if they do, I think on fantasy run, it gave me a negative point for an earned run when he gave up a hit. I mean, like, well, well, you can fact check that. That's your thing. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll fact check that and get back to you guys. But I'm pretty sure it doesn't count as an earned run. But we'll we'll but we'll make sure. Um, all right, moving on to my second O'Dam. These kind of two O'Dams. Uh, we got two no hitters this week. Uh, one from John Means, the Baltimore Orioles. He no hit the Seattle Mariners. Uh, we're gonna show a little bit of highlights, just kind of of the last out of both of them here. Um, an interesting one for uh, John Means is that he was the first uh, no-hitter in MLB history to oh, – give me a second here uh, – to throw no-hitter while facing the minimum 27 batters, which is technically a perfect game, um, but he didn't give up any walks and there were no errors in the game. So how was it a no-hitter and not a perfect game? And then I get a prize if I answer it? Go do it. He struck somebody out, but the pitcher made – fucked up and then threw it too far so he couldn't get the the out at first when it was a strikeout yep so it was a it was a wild pitch <laughs> strike three so he struck out the guy but the runner was able to make first base on the drop third strike um that batter that made that was on first base though was now the runner and he attempted to steal and the catcher threw him out so there you go you still have that minimum 27 batters um so it was almost a perfect game probably should have been a perfect game for for john means which is even more spectacular that is the creme to the creme of, uh, of, of, of pitching. Um, but anyway, he did get the no hitter. So here's the last out, uh, real easy last out here. First pitch, make it easy for you. A little soft line drive right to the shortstop. 
Um, I always love the, uh, the uh, celebrations here. Uh, just a re really great uh, accomplishment. Um, his first career no-hitter, it was also the first career no-hitter for um, Wade Miley. Uh, so he, he threw the second no-hitter of the week here. Uh, he is with the Cincinnati Reds, and he no-hit the Cleveland Indians. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, this was the second time they've been no-hit this season. Uh, so that's kind of brutal. So here's the last out of Wade Miley's no-hitter. Uh, again, pretty, pretty simple, easy little popper here, the shortstop, throw him over, get the final out of the game. Uh, so Wade Miley, uh, it's his first career no-hitter. Uh, so that was our second no-hitter of the week and our fourth of this season. Um, there's only been one other time in MLB history that we've had this many no-hitters this early in the season, and that was way back in 1917. We were fighting a world war back then, boys. Um, so the MLB record for no hitters in, in the season is eight. The year was 1884. Um, if you're more of a modern baseball era and you don't count stats that far back, the modern era record is seven, which has happened three times in 1990, 1991, and in 2012. Um, so we're already past half the, uh, the, the modern record um, of seven. Um, I think, I think no hitters are awesome. They're always fun to watch. Um, but that kind of brings up a point here that across the league so far this season, we are seeing a record low batting average currently entering um, this week. The league average is, is uh, 233, which is not that good. Like I said, record low. There has not been a lower ERA this much into the season than, we, than we've had. So very few hits are, 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 being, are being hit. And that kind of explains how many no hitters that we've had, you know, along with, you know, the pitchers just keep getting better and better and better every single season. So Can I ask you a question, Tyler. Yeah. Do what are the other teams? What is their thought? Like the Mariners who were on the opposing end of that, are they just pissed? Yeah. That no one, they didn't get one hit. Are they like mad? Yeah. No one likes to get no hit. It, it's, 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 it's not a good feeling. You know, obviously you know, as a fan, you like to see it. Um, I mean, Dodgers got no hit, I think, in back-to-back -back seasons um, not, um, not too long ago. It's not a good time, especially on your home ballpark. That's even Yeah, worse. so it's like if you, yeah. it, you can, like, almost create a rivalry or something out of it or, like, the other team's just I don't know pissed about it. Like a, I don't think it's they're pissed. And they're not pissed at their team. They're just pissed that happened to them, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you got to get you got to tip your cap, like, the pitch and no hit. you like, good job. But, I mean, no one wants to do that, especially in front of their, 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 their home crowd, which both of those were. They were both visiting no hitters, so – um, yeah. never, never, never fun. Um, so at trading, so like I said, no hitters are awesome. Love watching no hitters, love, love good pitching. Um, but with the league low batting average, is that a problem? Like, do, do we need, does the league need to change something or do we need to do something to kind of, um, be able to kind of spark the offense a little bit more than it is right now? The short answer is no. The, the long answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I will I will say this. This is the this is you know usually we have this type of issue early on in the season and then as the 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 season or the the temperature kind of warms up, the the bats almost kind of thaw out. You know the arms kind of thaw out and we get and we get more you know normalized um, batting averages. But this year it's not quite there yet. And and it, it, the problem is we don't know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that sounds wordy, but, but, you know, it, it, it seems like there's something that needs to be solved, but what do you solve? Do you, do you put, um, do you put some kind of handicap on your, on your pitching? 
no, you can't do that because the pitchers have worked so hard into getting to be at this level. Like they're, they're we haven't seen them this elite probably ever. Um, and you know, they're just getting better and better. So do you, do you, you know, stop them from, do you do something there to stop them from, um, you know, pitching that well? I don't know. Um, they did do some, they did this year do some alterations to the baseball. Um, I, I don't know the whole like anatomy about it, but, um, basically we were we were seeing an issue historically where bat, the amount of home runs was was obscene right like they were hitting home runs like or dingers like crazy and they were saying oh it's it's the way they were you know lacing up the balls or whatever i don't know the whole story i don't know the whole anatomy of the baseball but they they have since changed that a little bit where the baseball takes a little bit more drag when it's up in the air so we're not getting the same you know um, you know distances I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It probably has a little bit to do with it. Um, so there's that. There's also something that that is intriguing that I did find out that that the there is more and more of an emphasis on positioning in the infield. So um, in twenty percent of plate appearances in 2015 involved some kind of strategic shift in the infield. I would guess that that just means they kind of shift to be better equipped to handle whatever expected hit that that's going to occur. A full 40% of plate appearances have gotten the same treatment this year. That's double. That's huge. That's significant. And as we've seen in a lot, actually in a couple of those plays, there is a, there is a contact and a hit with the ball, but they, you know, there's a quick out at, at first. And if your if your team is positioned to handle that, I mean, you know, this obviously, you know, that it's not going to be a hit. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of all, you know, this trifecta of, of, of issues, uh, or I guess uh, there's just four issues. There's the pitching that's better. There's a defensive positioning that has more emphasis. The, the balls could be a problem and it's simply just, you know, the, the bats haven't thought out. We're going to have a, we're going to see a little bit of a relief here in the, you know, later part of the season, but look, it's not a problem. I mean, we, 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 you asked me, you know, you would have asked me two years ago if we were doing this podcast, is there a problem that there's this many fucking home runs? I mean, it, it's just back and forth. It's a roller coaster. It's like, which, which one do you want? Like, you can't have it all. And, you know, it, there's, and there's these sways and you see it in the NHL. We went to a point where there's so much scoring that, that, you know, goaltenders finally figured it out. We were getting no scoring. So we reduced their equipment, you know, they reduced the size of the equipment you know, it, it, these things happen and, and eventually the batters are going to get better and it's, everything's going to even out. Is it going to happen overnight? No, stop, stop worrying about it. I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying, don't worry about it. It's okay. Let the pitchers do their thing. Um, be, be happy that we're actually seeing, you know, better pitching and maybe just maybe we, we also need to remember that the, the, the way the game's played is that we're, they're not going, they're going for, for the big hits, you know, they don't care about strikeouts. They're going for the big hits. Maybe we might see a shift back to a small ball type of game where you're just trying to get on base. Now, maybe that's what I've been waiting for. So maybe that's the key. Maybe we're actually going to see some more, you know, small ball where you're not just trying to hit the freaking, you know, hit, hit for the fences. You're actually going to try and hit to get a base. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm talking out my ass, but you know, these things just have a way of, of changing. And I just think everybody needs to just calm down. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, I think it, it's a really complicated question. I think you did a really great job because that was a, a question that you could dive deep and it's just, there's a lot of different 
ways to look at it. And depending on what kind of style of baseball you like, you might be fine with it or you might not be. If you're a pitching guy like myself, I love seeing no hitters. So like, I don't care. Um, but, you know, I do think that, you know, offense is still fun to watch. Obviously, uh, you, got, you guys, we, we, we were at the highest scoring Dodgers Angels game in history. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that, um, but I did not know that. <laughs> and that was a blast, right? Like we enjoyed watching 25 runs worth of baseball, right? Um, not that a two to one pitcher's duel would have been any less uh, fun, but I think, you know, there's a balance between the two, right? Um, so I think you're seeing a little bit maybe of it, the balance kind of leaning more towards the pitching being almost too dominant. Um, but that kind of depends on who you ask, right? Uh, baseball at, at one point back in this, I believe it was the sixties, pitching was so good and there was like no runs being scored. So what they did is that they lowered the, uh, the, the height of, of the mound to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so the pitchers didn't have as much um, the, the um, torque and, and downhill speed coming at the plate. Right. So it kind of re- re- reduced the velocity and reduced a little bit of, of the movement on the pitch. Um, <clears throat> I think baseball, you know, is trying to do a lot of different little tweaks, tweaks. I think baseball is at worth itself a lot. And it, it's constantly saying, oh, we want this. And then we're going to change it. But, oh, we overcorrected. Now we're going to do this. And, oh, and it's just kind of frustrating. And I kind of agree with you where you can overthink this and you can overanalyze. You can look at all the, the complex numbers, all the stat cast launch angles and, and shifts and all these things. You know, at the end of the day, like we just want to watch baseball and we, and we want to see it play out. I think, Trade and I agree with you. I think it'll police itself in the sense where I think, you know, hitters will make an adjustment. And then, you know, at some point the pitchers will, will make an adjustment back and it'll be just this constant ebb and flow. I think this has been going on since the history of time. You know, there's always one side that's going to dominate the other until the other side makes the adjustment. Um, so I think right now we're just seeing really, really good pitching and the hitting is kind of, you know, faltering a little bit. But like I said, I believe, like I said, it's not gonna happen overnight, but at some point the, the hitters will make the adjustment. And I think you will see that bat. I don't think, I don't think batting average are going to just keep taking down to where we're getting one hit a game. Right. No. So, no, there, you're absolutely, there's, there's an inflection point that is going to occur where batting averages come back the other way. It may, we may see a historically bad year. Yeah. We, we, we just need to not care about that. Things yeah. have their way of, 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 you know, like you said, policing themselves. So calm down. Yeah. These players are very talented. They will figure out, I guarantee you. Um, all right. So moving on to my last, oh, damn moment, uh, kind of a upsetting one for some people. Uh, Albert Pujols uh, was released by the Los Angeles Angels last week. I uh, kind of came a little bit to a bitter end. Obviously, Albert Pujols is getting a little bit up there in age. He's 41 years old. Uh, not the fastest guy in the league, we'll just say that. Mm. Um, but he is one of the greatest of all time. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he is one of the you know, great talents that this game has ever seen hit a baseball. He is a fantastic. Uh, he, was re- he was released by the Angels after a dispute uh, for him not getting enough playing time. And he basically you know, criticized Joe Madden's uh, management skills in the, in the, in the front office. And pretty much the next day, they axed him. And they're like, all right, if you don't like it, then you can leave and try and go find a job somewhere else. So at the moment, as we sit here on Monday night, Albert Pujols is still out of a job. Um, so Albert Pujols, uh, he's 33 home runs from 700, which would be a huge milestone. I think everyone in baseball wants to see that. Also, I don't think anyone in baseball wants to see Albert, Albert Pujols go out like this, right? He's one of the best to ever do it. I think we want to see him go out on his own terms, right? Um, so James, um, over uh, as an Angels fan, you know, personally, you know, what is this kind of, what kind of your initial uh, thoughts and reaction to this move? And then second part of the question, what team, if any, do you think should uh, pick up uh, Albert here? It was bittersweet. It was a shock mostly because there was nothing about his discomfort with the team or Madden's 
uh, managerial skills before this had happened. Uh, but it needed to happen. We needed more room for it. We needed to put Jared Walsh in his, his true spot at first base. And being a DH, you want Shohei to be out there. Shohei is a much better hitter at this point in his career than Albert Pujols is at this point in his career. And Jared Walsh is a budding superstar as well. The guy hits like crazy. Um, the tough part about that is, is that somebody of his caliber and how well he's moved this game and how well-known he is and what he's given back to this game, I think he should have had a more ceremonious exit than this. To me, it's a little disrespectful um, to Albert, to his fans, to what he's done, to his accomplishments, to everything that he's given. It sucks to be just cut. Most people who have given this much to the game, to any game, to any sport, have a better exit. They all have this retirement um, kind of parade that they go through every single city on. Like Kobe, that's the biggest one that comes to mind. Kobe, when he said he was going to retire at the end of the season, every single place he went, even at Boston, even in San Antonio, everybody was appreciated for what he'd done for the game. And I'm afraid that Albert's not going to get that. And that's upsetting. I haven't been a baseball fan for that long, but I know that Albert Pujols deserves better than this. It's tough. Um, I really want him to find some other spots to go to. Uh, when I'm reading more articles and kind of trying to figure out what exactly happened, and I don't think we'll ever know, but it's a move that worked out for both sides. Um, the Angels wanted more time for Walsh at first and show at DH, and Albert Pujols wanted more playing time, and he wasn't going to get that with the Angels. At this rate, he'll have an opportunity to find somewhere else to play and get more playing time. If that's going to happen, that's to be determined. But I do have a couple of places that he could play. Like I said, this is going to be kind of hard to – like it's going to be hard for him to find a job because of his deteriorating skill set. At this point in time, he's hitting a 198 average and his on-base is 250. Not the best for somebody that you want to be a designated hitter or you're potentially a platoon first baseman because he's not an everyday first baseman. His body will not last at 41. Uh, he's made a multitude of errors at first base. And it's showing this during this angel season. And that's why they made that big switch to begin with. Um, but my first team that I think he, he should be able to go to first one of the Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto, the number one first baseman has a broken thumb and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Joey Votto is also older and his numbers have also been deteriorating over time. So when Joey Votto comes back and the pool also with the Reds, then he can kind of do the platoon thing there and hopefully save both of them for a longer postseason run. Because that at this point in time, any team has a chance of making it to the playoffs. Everything, everybody's kind of close all the way through at every division. Uh, the second one, second team I think he should be able to go to is the Cleveland Indians. Tyler just mentioned it before. They've been no hit twice this season. Their offense is not that good. They currently have a platoon at first base of Jake Bowers and Yu Chang. And they combined, those two have a worse average than Pools does. So it would certainly be an upgrade to put Pools in that lineup. He wouldn't be every day. You'd have to put in Jake Bowers or Yu Chang, but the fact of the matter is he'll up that average and he'll up that on-base percentage to help that team be a little bit better and not get no hit. Um, and the AL Central is winnable, so that's a thing there. And the last one, this one's def. I mean, probably not going to happen. There's like a 3% chance of happening, but it's cool to think about, and that's the St. Louis Cardinals, mainly because right now they have Matt Carpenter as their first baseman and their DH It'd just be cool to have Alec Pujols go back there where he got big, where he won everything, where he made the name for himself to go back there, play a cup the rest of the season out there and retire there. That'd be really cool to see, have him retire in that 
St. Louis Cardinals jersey. It'd be awesome. Play with his best friend, um, the catcher. Forget his name right now. Yadier Molina. Man. There we go. Play with him. They're buddies. They go back forever. Like that would be cool to see. The chances of that happening are just slim to none. And I think Slim just left the building. So it's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, those those are those are good picks. Um, I think the one I'll add to it uh, that I that I kind of saw that I kind of was like that. I feel like that could be a good fit would be the Kansas City Royals. Uh, mainly because, you know, American League team, they don't really have, I mean, they have uh, Jorge Soler, who's their DH, but he's not that good either. Um, and there's just a lot of young talent on that team that Albert Pujols could definitely be the mentor of, you know, and really kind of mold this up and coming Kansas City team. We, we, we saw them get off to a really good start this season. They've kind of tailed the, the last couple of weeks, but I think this team is pretty close to contending and could use a guy like Albert Pujols to kind of tell them, you know, how to be successful in this league. Um, I think he did that with the Angels. I think there's a lot of Angels hitters. I mean, the Angels, I believe, have the second best offense in the league right now. You got to give Albert Pujols a lot of credit for that. I mean, he's probably molded a lot of these these young hitters, um, and he can do that, you know, towards the end of his career. No, that's probably not the role he necessarily – he doesn't want to be known as, like, the mentor. Um, I think he wants to contribute and actually, you know, hit home runs and, and do his thing too. But obviously, I'm sure as, as an older guy, he's going to em, em, embrace that. I think he wants to win. I don't know if there's going to be a contending team that's going to want to, to, to take them on. Unfortunately, I can see them going to a team more like the Royals that aren't necessarily going to be contenders, but could use a veteran presence on like to kind of help mold their, mold their young guys. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I just hope he gets picked up by somebody. Cause like you said, yeah. he deserves that, you know, Derek Jeter, Kobe Bryant type of send off, right. The, the, where everyone, you know, is giving him uh, ovations every time he comes back to the plate and just kind of, so the whole week can appreciate it and say goodbye. Um, I think fans deserve that i think he deserves that so i hope he gets picked up by somebody um other than that uh that's going to be my uh, oh damn moments of the week thank you guys for uh chiming in on 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 your, on your takes uh and that's it that's all i got trading beautiful um before we put a pin in that discussion i just want to throw j- just kind of a question that i was just thinking and just kind of an idea how much of the fact that there was an unceremonious you know send off for pujols how much of it was kind of his fault for trying to think that it's not time like you know did his ego kind of get a little ahead of himself that's all I guess my question I'm not trying to say that he's a bad player or anything but did did some of that did he bring it on himself to an extent like it's not completely the angel's fault I think he did in a sense you know I don't know if he necessarily wanted to get cut but I think he voiced he's like listen like I'm at the last point of my career like I don't want to have the last year or maybe two years of my career to be a bench player. Like I want to play baseball. Like this is why I'm, pl- I'm here. I'm getting paid right. to play baseball. I don't want to, I don't want to play every sixth day. Right. And just the matter of the fact is where he was with the angels team, as James pointed out, there just wasn't a spot for him. You know, right. there's just, there's other there's up and coming guys that are going to hit the ball much better than he is. And the angels management, they're just not going to put him in. I, you know, as great as he is and as great as the name is, his production just isn't there. It just not, yeah. you know? And, um, that's why I feel like, you know, if he does get picked up by a team, it's going to be a team that's not going to really care about that as much. And, you know, they're not going to, you know, because the Angels are trying to contend. You know, they're, they're trying to push for a division and a, and, a, and, a, and a postseason spot. So they're not going to want a guy that's going to go out there at a, you know, and hit 190, you know, and maybe hit a home run every, you know, 30 at bats or whatever. Like that's just not going to do it. So um, they're it's, he's probably going to be with a team that's, not going to care as much about that. It's going to want the more the veteran leadership and more of the kind of presence that he holds. And, and so that, and so it also works for, for pools as well. So he can actually play. Right. So James, James, do you got something? Yeah. I, 
I think he was dealt a bad hand. I don't know if it was ego per se, because hitting the Mendoza line is 200, right? Yeah. And that used to be kind of the, like the, if you're hitting 200, you're okay baseball player. And he's right there. He's at 198. He's had limited at bats. His on base is 250. Not, not the best, but it's also not bad either. Um, but he has hit six home runs in the season. And that's like the, the most amount of home runs this season right now is 10. He's right there. He's not, he can produce, but the fact of the matter is Gerald Walsh came out of nowhere last season. Shohei Otani's batting skills have always been there, but they've improved this season. Mm-hmm. He was dealt a bad hand with the position that he plays given the young talent that was up and coming in the Angels roster. If he was somewhere else and he was established somewhere else, I don't know if this would be a problem. The ego thing is not, not, not a problem in my, my book. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just, I, I, it just came to mind just, you know, he, I guess he sees that the, that the roster is getting younger and getting faster and kind of leaving him behind. And um, I, I do hope to your prize's point, I do hope that he gets the ceremonious um, send off that he deserves um, because he does deserve that. Um, But, you know, we'll have to see how that rolls out. Um, but that is that is pretty much the the podcast. I do have a couple of housekeeping um, issues for you know to to, to discuss. Um, the NHL fantasy league has been is over, and our winner is James. James, Actually, you are. It's not uh, over for another three days, but I. I you're, it's it's, it's over. over. It's over. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's over, pretty much all but over. over. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. It is over. Back to back, dude. I won last Eric, you still have a chance to get um, your money back, so keep fighting, bud. Um, it's <laughs> going to be tough. There's not very many games left. Um, the the NHL is just about to start their playoffs. Um, we've been having. I, I keep get, getting asked when do playoffs start. They could start as early as this week for some teams, and they'll start for sure for everyone else next week. Um, so stay tuned. Um, I'll we'll try and do kind of a um, a uh, setup for that next week. Um, but Alex, we hope you're, you know, we hope you're okay. We need you, we need you back, bud, um, next week. Um, but that is episode 46. Thank you for listening.